0: Here we go. Another Dominion Sonship Life coming to you. And uh, all indications are that we're right on target. All systems working and we are making a major impact for the kingdom of God and taking dominion to manifest the very glory of our living God. And so we have a message again, glory be to God, and uh, it is actually a phrase that if you know me for not too, too long, it'll be something that's always on my mouth. And actually, I'm surprised that I think it's the first message I'm entitling it this way, although it's something I always say, it is say so. You have a say-so, say-so, say-so. And I believe part of the reason why the Holy Ghost has apprehended me uh, from titling something say-so, because really without the meditation of the word, it's not about the saying of something, it's saying that which he is saying. The impact and the authority is really in the very voice of God, is in the authority of that the Holy Spirit carries, that is of Christ, that is of God, our Heavenly Father. And so having a say-so is because He has a say-so, and He wants to use us. And because we are now part of the body of Christ, He wants to say, it's going to be saucy when I'm sensing it's going to be good today. Say-so! So because He lives inside of us, He wants to demonstrate His say so to the world, to the powers and principality and really that, is that it's finished, it's over for powers and principality they can try to strut their stuff, they can try to deceive as long as they can and and they will try to make maneuvers but Christ has won it all and we now in Christ part of this body of dominion on earth as we're laying hold to the head that is the Lord Jesus Christ, his say so, we are moving. And we are making every power and might and dominion oblige and bow the knee to the decrees of God that God is pronouncing through us. And so the say so message is really a combination of what I have been from the very beginning dominion, sonship. I mean, I, I go back to the very, the very do, do, um, uh, inception. And the message was about the soundness. Oh, I just opened it up. It was back in the beginning of 2020. The soundness of Christ in me. The soundness of Christ in me. He has a sound and he has a say so. But you have to catch the sound. You have to learn to apprehend what he is saying. And without an yielding. the Holy Spirit, you'll be a mess. Without an yielding to the Holy Spirit, you'll be yielding to your carnal man that is very familiar to you. And though your carnal mind can come and, and make some lofty arguments of Why you, you need to fend for yourself now. Why now you have to figure it out. Why now you really have to defend yourself. Your carnal mind can have these arguments that really are stout against the word of God that says, forsake all to gain Christ. Forget what was in press to attain to that which Christ has attained for you to walk in. And so if I just go through some of my titles that he has given me over really coming up to two full years astounding faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ and a movement of the Holy Spirit through dominion sonship. He gave me dominion sonship. He gave me the name that He wanted to demonstrate through me in this manner. And so the very next one is the, the way of the glory is the way of the Son. Then the very next one is, is Uh, Let's just flip over. I I got little notes going on here. Dominion is now. Faith is now is another one. Then we have, let's see, I'm just going to flip through because this is powerful. Dominion on earth was another message. And then, you know, if we skip sons of resurrection, that we are now the sons of resurrection. I skip over a few. Uh, The exalted life was another message. Living hope was another message. Triumphant love was another message triumphant love that his love has been shed abroad in my heart and so I am to trust that love of God and this is a triumphant overcoming love that overcomes a multitude of sins and so when you have a revelation of the love of God you are triumphant always in every place there is no defeat with the love of God why because there's no fear Fear is flushed out by this revelation of the love of God. There's no more cowardice. There's no more tiptoeing around the matter. But it, you, just, you just take the bull by the horse and you ride it all the way, all the way unto victory. Everything is made to submit to the love of God. Then you to demonstrate, look at this, another message goes back to December 2020, love has guts. Love has guts, and I believe the revelation of that message is that faith is the guts of love. That when I believe the love of God has been shared abroad right in my heart, I have guts. I become gutsy, and that is the boldness of the Holy Spirit. It's no longer I. It's not my own pride, nor arrogance, but it's this very love of God is demonstrating dominion on earth. Love endures is the next message. New mind Right before new mind was brand new life. In the brand new life, we recognize we have the mind of Christ. Research, awaken from sleep, wake up, was another message back from June 21. Living life. (laughs) Continue in the faith. Then mind the life. Still yourself in faith from November 21. Walking with God and really the beginning of September of 2021, I really, felt a shift to major on the Word of God. What I'm speaking right now is I'm giving a platform for my message. You cannot have a say-so without a fellowshipping with the Spirit, without a revelation of the love of God, without an inclination and and a living out of the Christ life of dominion in and through you. You cannot have a say-so that is of God without a life Fully submitted, it's no longer you, but it's Christ in you now, the hope of glory. And so when we have this intimate, meditative approach in the Word of God, we are becoming acquainted with the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we are receiving divine information. We are receiving divine, divine mysteries that are being unveiled. And so the last few weeks, we talked about this unveiling of understanding. Uh, Prior to that, we looked at just the very word of this higher knowledge, epinosis. It's a meditative working of the word of God that's requiring our participation where you are becoming. Where you are are conforming to the word of God. So it's no longer you who talks, but it's the word of God that speaks, a better word. That brings forth a good report of God to the world, that brings forth deliverance and and an opening of sight to the blind. And so we, we did the unveiling of faith, and then it was disclosure of the Holy Spirit was last week. And last week's message, I'd recommend you listen to it. Because I really went and to John 14, 15, and 16 regarding the function of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit has been given to us to disclose the very mysteries of Christ. To disclose, I'm going to calm down, to disclose the knowledge of God. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to lead us and to guide us victoriously to avoid every snare triumphantly to declare the seasons of our God, that we have been well-equipped in this hour. We have been well-equipped in this hour to demonstrate sonship dominion sonship that there is an unveiling and uncapping that through this unveiling of revelation that's happening within us in terms of our new creation we are actually at that moment allowing God to come ever so purely even more than ever to unburden the universe to unburden a whole creation that's been groaning through the ages to know the love of God, that has been groaning through the ages of a revelation of the sons of God, the sons of resurrection, the resurrection life would touch the whosoever and they be brought into life eternal. Life eternal. And so without, you know, the revelation even of what I've been speaking over these many months and even through the inception of dominion sonship, we can't be talking about the say-so because we'll be so traveling out of our carnal little heads. And so we'll be saying so everything. day. I'm rich. I'm healed. I'm this. I'm this. And battle within ourselves that I'm really broke. I'm really in ache and pain. And there's no shoulder to cry on because I got to keep on a phraseology. But the Holy Spirit is a discloser of truth and He wants to persuade us of this victory of Christ. That yes, He bore it all. Yes, that through this ultimate sacrifice we have been set free in this dominion life having all things to be a blessing to the multitude, a soundness of mind, a soundness of body, but really appropriate through the meditation, through this higher knowledge of revelation. that You are exactly what he says. And when you are fully persuaded, yes, it is so, God. Yes, you are speaking to me life. Yes, God, your word is communicating a new reality. Yes, God, I'm growing through this revealed righteousness that I am now made right in your sight. And I'm not going to do the blame thing. I'm not going to go hide and be condemned. But I'm going to live life wide open, wide open open to you, God. And that which you say to me, God, you will give me the boldness to say it. Say so. That's the context of this message. So I didn't want uh, people to, even myself, to to run around saying, saying, saying. Because if we're not here, he's saying, is very discouraging because nothing changes, (laughs) nothing changes, because he alone brings all things into compliance, because all things submit to the name of Jesus, not to the carnal, death's understanding. And so, and so we say so, we say so, that we are the loved children of God. And so I started last week with Romans 1, 16 and 17. I'll do the same this week. And I will endeavor to to show that when we are in faith, there is always a say-so, that the Holy Spirit is a speaking spirit that now through us speaks, and therefore we have now become a speaking spirit. And not just a speaking spirit, but we are now a life-giving spirit. And the reason we are life-giving spirit because we are speaking life right? And so we recognize that the words are capsules of power, and that life and death are found in words, in the power of the tongue. But really, tongue is moved from the heart, because with the, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with your mouth, you decree that you are now saved. And so that which you believe, the mouth would say, right? And so it's very important that we address, and we have for many months, a couple of years now, the state of our heart. The Allowing the Lord to groom our heart, to unveil the hardened places of doubt and unbelief, and not to hide behind pretense. Doesn't mean you go tell someone, woe is me, I'm, I'm a wrecked sinner. These are times of meditation with the Word of God. And yes, the Lord will bring will bring the right company around about you. But really, the ultimate company and companionship is of the Holy Spirit. That He will lead you and disclose the very words of truth. And so Romans 1:16, and this is Paul's meditation. Not ashamed, not timid. Do you know why? Because he was not condemned. When you have a righteousness revelation that you're now the very body of the resurrected Son of glory, that when you are now partaker of divine nature, There is a great boldness. There is a great exuberance that though you might be behind natural natural bars of a jail cell, you are free because you're above it all. And every moment in your life is a divine assignment to declare freedom to the captives. And so when we walk in the power of the revelation of the I'm born from above, I'm a child of the living God, I'm not afraid and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed. I'm not timid anymore. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, in this salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ's message. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. As it is written. You see, you walk in the as it is written that the just shall live by faith. You cannot depart that, you cannot depart the as it is written ever. Never. This is the very logos. The fullness of expression of your heavenly father. And so that it is written it is a solid foundation. No matter what visions or what what I, I perceive I'm hearing of the Holy Spirit, the most solid moment in my life is the it is written. I battle with the it is written. Oh, yes, devil. Really? Really? Well, the word says I'm more than a conqueror. Well, the word says I am the love of God. Well, the word says I have already overcome the world and all that's in it, even by my faith. Oh, really, Satan? Really? No, God says the times and seasons of my life are determined by my God. Oh, really, Satan, you're gonna weary me out? Yes, Daniel did write about this very moment that you would try to weary me out. I will not be weary, wearyed out, but I will allow the Holy Ghost to encourage me and I will stir the gift of faith within me. It is written. It's very important. That is how you bring to not every argument stout against your God. That is exalting itself above the knowledge of God. It can't exalt itself above God. God is God. He's the most high God. But that foul devil, deception, doctrines of demon, they want to exalt themselves above the knowledge of Christ, above this persuasion that you know who your God is. Always wanting to tear the fabric of this divine utterance that he has given to you. If he before you, who can be against you? And so Romans 1:17, the Strong's concordance. For the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. For the gospel reveals the righteousness of God that comes, that comes by faith. A revelation of righteousness comes by faith. It, and we recognize what faith is is this divine persuasion that the Holy Spirit births in our heart as we hear the word of God. So you would not be able to, to have a, a guiltless conscience and an understanding the blood of Christ has cleansed your evil conscience if it was not you abiding in the living reality of these words that are spirit and they are life. And so the Holy Spirit is quickening that it is written disclosing it to you, and it is, it comes by faith, and this is the part why I like the the strong translation here, it comes by faith from the start to the finished, to the very end, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith, and so we we meditated a little bit last week that it is and we looked at the life of Jesus, how we started the conception was by the Holy Ghost. And, and we, we, we saw his life being marked with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, how he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power because God was with him. And he healed all the were oppressed by the devil because he went about doing good. That's Acts 10.38, totally paraphrased. And then, I, I, I don't believe I touched, but at the very end, he was raised up from the from that hell pit, from the grave. He, he was quickened and brought to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. So from the very beginning to the very end, we see the marking and the working and the reality of the Holy Spirit. And so it is with us, and we recognize that the Holy Spirit's function is to groom this faith expression. That he is a guide, a disclosure of truth, He's the spirit of truth, and that through, through this disclosure, he is moving us into a speech. He is moving us into a speech. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. And in, the, the, in this verse, I think oftentimes we haven't seen the context of what I'm about to read. I'm going in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, and uh, just actually verse 13 in particular. I'll read the verse 13. I'm just going to put it afterwards in the context uh, of how faith works. All right. And since we have, this is 2 Corinthians 4, 13. And since, this is Paul writing, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed from this persuasion, from this persuasion that's in my heart, I believed. And therefore I spoke because my heart is moving My mouth, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, um, but the context of this verse is, I mean, verse 7, for example. Well, in in chapter 4, it talks about the enemy blinding, blinding people so they would not be able to understand this gospel of salvation, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ unveils them and they believe. And then he talks about, in verse 7, that now we have this great treasure in an earthen vessel. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So once we get born again, we know that the Holy Spirit takes residence in us. And so this power is of God. It's not of me. It's not of me. It's God himself in me. But look at that. Look at that. Verse 8, we are hard pressed, we are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken. He is saying, ha, 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 you have, you have a power that resides in you that is of God. So it doesn't matter if you're pressed, if you're perplexed, it doesn't matter what your outer man is feeling, it doesn't matter, be mindful, the power is of God and the power moment when really my next very thought is (laughs) my very next thought is that it's working for me right for example in verse 17 that same chapter for a light affliction which is but for a moment this perplexity this outer crushing this 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 uh, moment of persecution but yet not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm back to 10, sorry. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. So then we can look at verse 17. He says, this light momentary affliction, persecutions, hard pressings, perplexities, being struck down, they're light and they're momentary. Because when you know God lives in you, and when you know God's for you, then why would you despair? Then why would you feel forsaken? Then why why would you feel crushed? Crushed? There's no crushing to the Christ life. <laughs> the Christ life, the power of the Holy Ghost resides in us. Verse 7 actually reminded us that this power is of God. God lives in us. God lives in you. Get your sight. And so this is what, go back to 17, back to 17. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for us a far more excellent and eternal weight of glory while we do not look. This is working for you as you do not look at the things which are seen. So the things that are seen and the persecutions, the hard pressings, the Being struck down. But Paul says, don't look at it. And when you don't look at it, you're looking at the one that lives in you. And at that moment, it's working for you. It's working for you. So we're to look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not eternal. But which that are not seen, they are eternal. They do not change. And so, Now in verse 11, back to verse 11, he says, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus, this power that is of God, this Christ life of dominion may be manifested in our mortal flesh This is the quickening of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why Jesus said we are to rejoice, jump for joy when there's persecution. It is working for us. What a mindset. You see, this is a turned upside down. This is the plowing of the Holy Ghost, a realigning of sight, a realigning of understanding, a renewing of your mind to see the right things. And to hear the right things. And when you see the right things and you hear the right things, you can move then to verse 13. That's with the context of verse 13. And since we have the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith to acknowledge that the power is of God in me, that doesn't matter what's happening on the outside, I will not be destroyed. No, it's an impossibility. How can you destroy God? God is in me. He's upkeeping me. He's maintaining my vessel. He actually needs my vessel, my outer body, to display his glory. He knows how to keep an earthen vessel. He knows. Trust his keeping power. But your, your job, or can I say your assignment, and really where you your exercise due diligence is in what you see and what you acknowledge. So when you acknowledge the right thing and you see the right thing, you are now speaking. You now have, you can't exercise your your say-so. Because we have the spirit of faith. Look what the spirit of faith looks like. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. And we also believe and therefore we speak. Romans 10. This will be a quick one. Romans 10, 6 to 8, I believe, yes. But the righteousness of faith speaks. We have a say-so. We have te- been teaching about the revelation of the word of God. We have been teaching that, um, that this revelation, this, this this unveiling of sight to the truth of his word, who is who is Jesus Christ, is what our faith is standing on. And when you stand in a secure place, uh, firmly planted on that solid foundation, what you say is what he is saying and makes everything budge. Every mountain and every enemy has to flee. And so Romans ten, six, for the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who was sent into heaven, who's going to save me now? That is to bring Christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Oh, he died, but he really rise again. Yes, he did. But what does it say? What does, what does this righteousness of faith say? The word is near you, in your mouth. It's in your mouth and in your heart. The word is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That is the word of faith, which we preach. And so we recognize what he just said to us, Paul, um, in, um, second Corinthians, right? For that as we have believed, therefore we speak. And so we have a say. So let's go to first Corinthians. Chapter 1. What are we saying? What is this say-so that faith moves us to say? It's Christ himself, the say-so. I could have titled this Christ himself, the say-so. Christ himself, the say-so. In um, chapter 1, 1 Corinthians, verse 20. uh, Let's start at 20. Where is the wise so in case we think we are speaking of the wisdom of the world we're not our say so is not worldly wisdom our say so is not vain philosophies where, where where is the wise where is the scribe where is the disputer of this age where are all these philosophers these high minded thinkers Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? So we don't speak foolishness. When we speak the wisdom of the world, God calls it foolishness. And so our say-so is not foolishness. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message of Christ, right? I'm adding here. Uh, but I'm going to add here is what we read in Romans 1, 16 and 17, that in this gospel, this is the message of Christ, there is an unveiling of righteousness. And to the world that looks like foolishness. So back to the verse I was reading. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. This is the power of salvation. It's found in the message of Christ. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek a after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified to the Jew, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. Some trip up on it uh, and others dismiss it completely. And, you know, the trip upon are of the religious spirit. There's nothing like, the gospel of Christ revealed to make a religious person trip up and cough up. And, and there's nothing like the revealed message of Christ when it's brought to the Gentile Greek mindset to free to be discounted as foolishness. And there's a lot in that verse right there. So we don't want to be of a religious mindset and we definitely don't want to be heathens. And we'll get really easily identified which place we're at in how we respond to this revealed knowledge of the living Christ. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, we have this category, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And this is what we speak this is what we speak. We speak the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So now if we go to verse 30, but of Him you are in Christ Jesus. I am not of my own, but but of God I'm called to be in the body of Christ. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus. I'm placed in this divine expression of eternal life that the body of Christ hosts, that the body of Christ manifests, that the body of Christ lives by, So who became to us? Christ became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And so this is the glory of our speech. The glory of our speech is that we are now part of a resurrected body of Christ, and it's not my doing, but it is of Him. My salvation is not of me. The power that resides of me, it is of God. It was His plan, it was His pleasure before the foundation of the world that be found in Him, before Him, to declare the mysteries that we saw in Ephesians chapter 3, the way to declare. The divine wisdom to the powers and principalities of this age to the world. But that declaration comes from the wisdom of God, which is this gospel of salvation. It is this power of proclamation that is righteousness and sanctification and redemption. This is the glory of the speech of the born again child of God. And this speech is a power speech. And that's what Paul tells the Corinthians elsewhere. I didn't come with wise words of man. I didn't come to you to demonstrate how smart I was, how knowledgeable I was in the verses I have diligently all my life have studied. He was so of Tarsus, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He said, I didn't come that way to you. I came in fear and trembling. Why? Because he's fully trusting the utterance of the Holy Ghost. He's fully trusting the say-so of Christ to proclaim the wisdom of the mind of Christ that searches the deep things of God. Actually, that's chapter 2, Corinthians chapter 2. You can read in your private time the entire chapter 2. Mm. Let's go to Colossians. I just want to make it solid that we have a say-so, but it's what he is saying. (laughs) His say-so I have. I have his say-so. I have his wisdom. I have his redemption say-so. I have his sanctification say-so. I have his righteousness say-so. Colossians. Colossians 2. Because he now lives in us. Actually, Colossians 2, 9, 1st I've read this verse. It's one of my most favorite verses. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are part of this party of power. Oh, and that power that is of God resides in us, in us, in us. Point to you in a man. There is Power. Wonder-working power of the blood of Christ, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives, we are in us, in us, in us. And this power of persuasion that we call faith is moving my mouth to declare, to declare dominion, dominion, the dominion of the Son of God. But it's very important that when we preach these messages, I go to 219. It's my safety place. Actually, verse 18. I just wrote a blog yesterday. I wrote a blog. Uh, The name escapes me. (laughs) Battle's over, I believe. Battle's over. But I, I use this verse in 18. Let no one cheat you of your reward. Let no one. Which means you can't be cheated of your reward. And Paul tells Timothy how that happens. Idle babblings, foolish conversations, really wrong company, vain philosophies. Let no one cheat you of your reward. Don't let anyone cheat you. Don't let them steal the strength of persuasion. It's your power. Don't let, let Satan steal the word that's planted in your heart. He always comes for the sake of the word. He always comes for the sake of the word. And so Paul is saying, don't let anyone cheat you of your reward. The reward is found in Christ. Christ is your reward. That which he has accomplished is your reward. This is how you can be cheated. Taking delight in false humility. This whole pretense. This religiosity. And worship of angels. It seems sometimes you have some experiences where you you have to know the Holy Ghost. Because it can potentially trip you up if it's not of God. Intruding into those things which we have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshy mind. Fleshy mind can cheat you. If you're carly minded, you'll be cheated from the strong persuasion. The carnal mind is what an enemy to God, an enemy to the things of the Spirit, an enemy to the to the homology, to the to the proclamations of Christ. Your carnal mind also wants to have an expression of a say-so. I just want to tell you how I feel. It sucks, sucks. Not good, not good. I had a rough day. Oh yeah, I've had a lot of those. But hey, I finished triumphant over it all, over it all. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Fleshly mind. The ultimate enemy to the Christian walk is the fleshly mind. And not holding fast, this is it. Not holding fast to the head. Not holding fast to the head. To the word that's in his mouth. Not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. And so when we go then to Ephesians chapter 3, we have to be mindful that we're not letting go of the speaking head, (laughs) talking head, the talking head, Christ our head. That we are allowing him to speak through us. Speak what through us? Oh, my dear. This was just going to be my introduction. Um, so we are to not let go of the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. We are to demonstrate this growth. We're to demonstrate this maturity. We're to demonstrate this this ah mighty increase of revelation to mark the age for Christ. And so, in Ephesians three ten, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known. This is just say so. The manifold wisdom of God that we read in in is First Corinthians. That that manifold wisdom of God looks like what? Righteousness, sanctification, redemption. It is of Christ. It is of Christ that we're made to declare the manifold wisdom of God, not 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 the puffed up carnal mind. Not the fleshy mind, but to be led by the Holy Ghost in the speaking of the speaking head. To declare through us the manifold wisdom of God, be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose. We don't ever let go of the head that has the eternal purposes of the universe. And my life is part of that, part of that. We are speaking to the universe. We are speaking to the nations. We are proclaiming divine wisdom that if Christ before us, the risen church, then no foul thing can be against us. Nothing can shut us down. Nothing can shut us up. But we are making a way for our triumphant king to come back for a glorious church. How is it going to look like? He knows how it's going to look like. My job, my position is to be inclined to the so my moment is to never let go of the talking head of Christ but to be always inclined that it is written to be always fully yielded to the voice of the Holy Ghost because I have a job and this job is to declare the manifold wisdom of God to be made known by me that I'm part of the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and in whom we have boldness and access. Boldness and access. With confidence through faith in him. With this boldness and access and confidence, it's through faith in him. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Does it make so-so when I say you have a say-so? The say-so is really his say-so through you. There is no failure in his say-so through you because it's always based on the love of God and love never fails. This is my reality. Ha, ah, this is really how I want to ever always live. This is my moment of revelation. I'm not just a mere so-and-so little Schneider. I am the glorious creation of the living God, and He wants to bring a proclamation to the universe, to the powers, and to the principalities of this manifold wisdom that the battle is finished, that Christ has won, that He is ascended on high, and He's now sitting and waiting for every enemy to have made his footstool under my feet, under your feet. If you're part of the body of Christ, and if you're not, just receive this gift of salvation. Confess him as your Lord Oh, by believing. How do you confess him? By believing what he did, and that's what happened with me. I just saw him on the cross in a night vision, and I believe he died for me, and I believe he was the Son of God. That's how I got born again. They confessed him as my Lord and Savior, and now my life has never been the same. Yes, there have been pressings. Yes, there have been hard moments, many. But he said, so that we will know that the power is of God, that we are earthen vessels, but there is a divine power of resurrection might that is to be made, displayed through you in this boldness and in this access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, don't lose heart at what you see. Don't, that's verse 13, don't lose heart at what you see. It is working for you. Paul says it's for your glory. I'm done. I'm done. Amen. It's all good. We're blessed. Glory be to God.